dog. Hi, y'all. Katie Parker, alcoholic. Oh, my God. Teresa, you're up really early. Girl, you're in California today, right? Oh, they probably muted her. Well, let me tell you something. Yes, I am, Katie. I'm, oh, well, Ali, Ali woke me up. Ali woke me up. Hot talk. Well, hell, I could have woke you up because I had the whole time thing screwed up. So I'm up at 5.30 this morning. I'm ready to rock and roll at 7 o'clock my time. And I'm thinking, Ollie, I'm still in the waiting room, man. And then when I realized that, oh, I swear to God, I just, I mean, I threw the ball for the new pup so I'd wear her out so she wouldn't bother me during the meeting. My whole plan went down the toilet and I had a whole hour to sit with myself, which when I'm not prepared can be a little overwhelming. And, uh, but I honored privilege to be here. Of course it is. It's a, a what a lineup Ali has done. And I got to tell you something. I, I'm blown away at what AA has done with Zoom. It, it really is amazing. I mean, it's got its positives, its negatives. Yeah, we had all that going on. But it is really unbelievable to see AA. Not everybody gets to see AA on a larger scope. A lot of us speakers get around a lot. We get to see it in a broader scope. But everybody's being able to see that differently. And I just can't tell you, Ali, I mean, you're the... You're one of the handful of people that can get my butt up this early, extra early. And the thing that I love about you is you are such an incredible soldier on the firing lines that you not only get it up, you organize it and you have purpose in the whole deal. And and when yesterday when we had this this hell of an ice storm, good God, we in Texas, you might get ice every five years, last for maybe a 24-hour period. We shut our entire town down because we don't have the trucks, the salt, the sand, the whole nine yards. This sucker's going on for a week. And uh, I was without power for 24 hours. Uh, day before yesterday at 3 o'clock, it came on at 3 o'clock yesterday. And uh, house got down to 56 degrees. I'm used to 80 I mean, I am freezing my tail off. And I, I called Ali. I said, you, well, first I texted him, said, big problems, big, big problems, man. Because if I don't have Wi-Fi, I don't know what to do. I usually do it on my computer. And I mean, he and I walked through everything. And I said, okay, Ali, you're going to get a chance to see me. I mean, I haven't showered in 24 hours. I look like hammered poop. And uh, Charlie's gone to visit his 98-year-old grandmother. I mean, mother, it was her birthday. And he's stuck up in Dallas. I'm down here in Austin. I got to wrap pipes. I mean, it was crazy. And thank God it came on. He and I laughed through the whole thing. And he has a level of patience that is remarkable. So I love you to death. And I'm so glad it all worked out. Electricity came back on and got my house somewhat in order. But uh, and then the lineup of guys, my God, uh, I had the privilege of meeting Mickey at another fellowship of the spirit out in uh, Washington state. And uh, he and his beautiful wife, and they invited me to speak at the, the mothership in Denver, uh, actually up in the hills of Colorado. And I got an opportunity to, to uh, fell into that crowd. And it's, it's a family crowd. You know, AA is too, your home group is, but to see a conference that's got that level of juice behind it is amazing. And then you got the uh, uh, Butch, which did an outstanding job. I love that you just gave up your Blackberry. I swear to God, my Blackberry, when I had to set that baby down, it was like putting down a pup. You know, I thought, I love that thing. I still can't get used to this smartphone, smart my foot. Maybe if you were born 
after 1998. But if you're born in 1958, there's nothing smart about it, man. I can't even figure out how to put a heart on my screen here. Uh, and Butch did a fantastic job. And then the Raymer boys. Oh, my God. I mean, I love those guys with all my heart. I remember the first time I ever got an opportunity to hear uh, Chris. I was in untreated alcoholism. Let's call it what it is. I'm sitting in the rooms. I am that person sitting in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, not understanding what it means to be an alcoholic and what 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 I have to do. I really didn't understand it, but I love the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. I love the people. I certainly knew if there was, if there is alcoholism, I got it. There's no doubt about it, man. I'm, I'm one of these kind of people who, uh, when I start, I can't stop. That's what qualifies me as alcoholic. That's it, period. But we got to know that stuff. I hear Chris's talk saying, you know, we're not even talking about alcoholism in the rooms of AA. And I, I got offended. I thought, what is he talking about? You know, and I, I'm telling you, I'm 17 years sober and I went back to my uh, pretty unhealthy meeting and uh, I've been going to it five days a week. And let me tell you something. I sat there and I thought, my God, we haven't mentioned alcoholism once. Who's got the topic? Let's talk about pain in the ass teenage boys. You know what I mean? I mean, we're all laughing and cutting up really small meeting. But the truth of the matter is, is we were not talking about alcoholism. Now, the same opportunity I got to hear Chris, we were on our way to hear Mark Houston for a big book weekend. That's a whole nother story. The fact that Charlie and I drove three and a half hours to go see Mark Houston to, to sit and listen to the big book for three days, whatever. We wouldn't have driven across town to go to a big book meeting. And it wasn't that we had anything against the big book. It was just just wasn't relevant. It was outdated. You know, I mean, you, you make up the ego just creatively. I mean, yeah, there are some people who are adamantly against they don't like the big book. OK, that wasn't me. I loved AA. I, I set it aside, picked up the 12 and 12, tried to learn out of that, I, whatever. But the truth of the matter is, is we sat with Mark Houston and we had that same experience. Charlie's sitting next to me and he leaned over and he goes, good God, what book is he reading out of? I said, I swear to God, Charlie, he's got the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in front of him. And I've never heard any of this stuff. So I know there's plenty of people on this Zoom that are sitting there going, I'm not sure what she's talking about. We'll stay for this whole event because the truth is, is a lot of people are sitting in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous thinking they're working the 12 steps. And most of the time they're, they come in and they admit they got a problem. They're not quite sure what the problem is, but my God, I feel like I fit into this crowd like a glove and they're helping others. What was I doing? I was being a life coach. You know, come to me. I've been around a while. I can help you figure out how to deal with teenage boys. I can figure out how to deal with an unruly husband. My God, I sat in group therapy, codependency group therapy for 10 years. Uh, when I got sober at 90 days sober for 10 years, I thought that's what the problem was, was identifying my downfall so that I could fix it. I completely left the spiritual aspect of recovery out. And let me tell you something. It says on page 14, for if an alcoholic fails to enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, he cannot handle certain trials and low spots ahead. Let me tell you, I don't know if that's as something as, as a bad diagnosis from the doctor or a possible flat tire on your car. But when that day comes, man, if your foundation is not solid, you are in danger. Let's let's look at this pandemic. 
you know, meeting makers make it. I really don't have a, a, a issue with that term, but it's misunderstanding. Yeah, we need the fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. It explains it beautifully in a vision for you. It, it, as a matter of fact, it starts off by saying it takes the place of the drink problem. It's kind of like our new saloon, right? And that's what it is. But there is the misunderstanding. You know, what we've got to get you to understand is that it's a spiritual aspect. How do you get to the spiritual aspect? We throw the gate so wide open. Uh, uh, Myers did a beautiful job on we agnostics. We throw the gate so wide open. You get to do whatever you want. We get to, you get to choose the God of your understanding. But let me tell you something. The God you came in with and the God you have at 17 years is going to probably be radically different. And if that hasn't budged, as a matter of fact, you've gotten farther away from it. These are important questions to ask yourself. Where do you stand? I went and did the whole church thing because I thought I needed to learn more about the God of my understanding. I've always leaned towards Western religion. And what ended up happening is, is I didn't realize that the steps were designed to get me unblocked. So the sunlight of any spirit I want can shine through me. Hinduism, Buddhism, Judaism, uh, Native American, doesn't matter. You get to choose that, but you don't do that in place of the 12 steps. You do that along with. Oh, big piece I missed. And if you're sitting there, my husband likes to sound a little bit like taking a drink out of a fire hose. I am a lot coming at you. Man, I mean, I am so on fire with Alcoholics Anonymous. I, I, I like to say, though, I am not the power. I am the vessel to help you get connected to the power. Can I do that? You bet your ass I can. I have a message of depth and weight. That's not, that's not, I'm not going to sit here with false humility and go, well, I'm just, you know, a woman amongst women. No, I, I'd like to think I'm the general on the firing line some days. Oh, that'll get me in some trouble. Yeah. But the bottom line is, if I see something going awry, I will step in there and try to help you out. I'm going to do it lovingly. I'm going to do it growing in understanding and effectiveness. You bet your tail I am. But this illness is fatal. How do I know that? Well, I chase a boy into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, right? I'm a single mom, five-year-old. I'm 26 years old. My hair is on fire, man. I tell you what, I, I drugged that little girl through places she had absolutely no business being, absolutely no business being. And I knew that was wrong. I was raised on values and I couldn't stop drinking. I kept thinking, what the hell is wrong with me, man? I cannot stop this. Well, let me tell you something. When I walked in the rooms and chased that boy into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, I fell in love with AA that day. I found out today that I'm one of the lucky ones. Most people don't love Alcoholics Anonymous on day one. And I did. I loved the fellowship. But I really thought my outside issues were the problems, not booze. Thank God a girl, uh, she really did uh, first step me amazingly well. It's lame now that I look at it today, but it was sufficient because God takes up a ton of slack, right? And I chased this boy into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous and thank God nobody was the arbiter of my sex life. He was six years sober. He was a big book guy. I'd sit at his feet while he read the big book. Oh my God, I swear. Sometimes I look at that and I just think, holy smokes. We ended up being together for 20 years, you know? And, and unfortunately, through a series of events, like what I said on page 14, burp an alcoholic fails to enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others. He cannot handle certain trials and low spots ahead. And let me tell you something, Joe and I had some trials and low spots, and he ended up going back out after 23 years sober and died of a heroin overdose. And no one was more shocked than I was. It was like, what the hell happened? We're doing five meetings a week. Oh my God, forgive me. I've said hell twice. I 
I'm respectful of not cussing. I guess I'm a little, a little wrapped up since I had no electricity for 24 hours and I got up an hour earlier than I needed to be. Okay, I'll tone it down a touch. But the truth of the matter is, is we lose Joe Gordon. What? And you almost lost me. And thank God, Charlie's my best friend, right? Charlie Parker, my husband today, is my best friend. And he had had his plane crash. He's having a, a near-death experience, spiritual awakening. I've lost Joe. I can't believe this is happening. And God just had us both come together on that. Why? Because he's my best friend. Oh, I think I had locked the cat in this room. Hold on. How did you get in here, girl? Nothing like a slight interruption. <laughs> so Charlie's having this amazing spiritual awakening, and so am I. I've been sober since October the 28th of 1984. I'm 36 years sober today, right? I come in at 26 years old. Charlie's, well, <laughs> Charlie's got five and a half months less than I do. I like to I like to make a big deal out of that. I always tell him, you know, when he's struggling around the house, honey, just, just hang in there in about five and a half months. It'll make more sense to you. <laughs> oh, he loves that line. But the truth of the matter is, is, is time is important. Why? Because it's experience. It doesn't matter if it's bad experience or good experience. It's experience. I will wish to never shut the door on my past. I also like to mention that the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous was named by the Library of Congress of one of the 88 books that shaped America. What? I'm telling you what, and mine sat on the shelf for 15 years. I said that, I said that in a, a meeting of about 2,500 I was speaking at, and you heard this collective groan. And I went, oh, shut up. Like your big book hadn't sat on that shelf. Everybody goes through it. It's the nature of spiritual growth, right? Is to fall asleep, wake up, fall asleep, wake up. Dr. Bob said the directions are clear cut in the book, but everybody has a different experience. That's the tricky part. I think sometimes I like to kind of weed out what we're trying to say here. Is your experience important? You bet it is. My home group is the primary purpose group in Austin, Texas. We meet on Tuesday nights at 730. Uh, now we did, we started doing a Zoom meeting on Wednesday nights because we had such a a huge response to our group that we decided to just do a complete different entity. And so we started over in the book. It's Wednesday nights. We'll put it in the chat, but if somebody would jot this number down maybe and stick it in the chat, it saved me some time doing it. Remember, I just gave up a Blackberry a little while back. It's uh, the Zoom is 630-577-473-1111. It's on Wednesday nights, 7.30 Central Standard Time in the evening. And uh, we go through the big book line by line. But what we're doing is we're asking you not to share your experience. Now, some people get all tiffed about that. But the reason why is we are trying to teach the text. We're trying to figure out what the founders found necessary to put in the doctor's opinion, the first 164 pages of the big book, why they put it there, what dots are they connecting, because we're trying to understand the text so that we can teach the text. See, I don't have to have had an experience like you had. I don't have to have drank like you drank. I just have to get the idea that I have the allergy and the mental obsession. So that's why the directions are clear cut, right? My job is to talk about the third step. I like to call it the second surrender. Some people call it emotional sobriety. I don't care what you call it, but the truth of the matter is, is most of the time, this is what I did. I took most of my steps off the wall. I heard a guy say one time, 
if you take the steps off the wall, you're going to get an off the wall program. And let me tell you, I had an off the wall program. Remember, I did the 10 years of codependency group therapy and I'm not knocking uh, counseling. My God, I'm in it. I'm back in it again. Uh, I think it's an honor and a privilege. The only problem is, is the counselor is going to talk about who's in column one, dad, who's what happened in column two, what he did, didn't show up for me, always loved my sister more than me, and, you know, shamed me in front of everybody, the, the, the second column of parents, you know, and the third column, it affected my self-esteem, my pride, my ambition, my security, all these things, but they don't get to the fourth column, right? It says, this was our course. Teresa's going to do a lovely job at laying out that fourth column, right? And it's not my part. What were my faults and my mistakes? Raising me, I was an ultimate pain in the neck kid, right? Third born, left home at 15. Why? Because I tell you, because my dad kicked me out. No, I invited my father to say, if you can't live under the rules of this house, you can't live here. And I'm the kind of girl who's got a level of pride. I take a step forward when I get scared. Man, okay, I'll show you. I'll finish high school. I'll talk a woman into renting me a house. I mean, this kind of stuff is crazy making. And I blamed my father for that the whole time. And that fourth column brings it alive. And so counseling was doing its job, right? That's what they're designed for. You go to a psychiatrist, you lay out the bedevilments on page 52, he's going to give you an antidepressant. And, and, and you know what, for the matter, it may save your life. Do you need to stay on it forever? I don't know. You know, that's why we say we are not doctors. But the truth of the matter is, is when we go to these professionals, they are doing their job. So when you come to AA, let us do our job, right? I think sometimes the second, I like to ask people, what does the third step mean to you? Well, turn my will and my life over to care of God. Oh, that's the step off the wall. But I mean, what does that mean to you? And you'll find that people bog down, myself included. Uh, So when I say people, trust me, I'm talking about myself. I think we have a tendency to rush people through the steps. Do you think you're alcoholic? Yeah, well, I'm I'm in AA. How's your deal on God? Eh, No big deal. Okay, well, let's get on our knees and read the third step prayer. Oh, my gosh, there's so much more going to that. And so that's what we're going to break down. Not, Not a bad idea for you to have your book in front of you. This second surrender, I think it's easier to get an alcoholic to stop drinking than it is to get one of us to quit playing God right? See, here's the tricky thing. Alcohol is the solution, not the problem. That's why the world doesn't understand when you take booze away from us, we should, we should be okay. Butch did such a beautiful job. My God, the lineup today is remarkable. Yesterday, sensational. Alcohol was the only thing that treated the pain of living a life based on self-will. The pain would get so, I just drink and, well, this is where we've got to bring this these steps in, right? People are like, oh, I'm embarrassed to tell you, Katie, what I did. Why? Oh, my freedom is getting ready to come. Write an inventory. It's the key to our future. Life or death, Aaron. My gosh, yeah, we're going to be swallowing and digesting large chunks of truth about ourselves. None of us like the leveling of our pride. Well, suck it up, man. It's what's required. And you must continue because what worked at three years is not going to work at seven years. You're going to hit a wall. The guy with 18 months to three years is still working a program based on the abstinence of alcohol. Why? How do I know this? Because I work with half the country. I've been sober a long time. I've got the credibility to be able to say, this is what's happening. Now, they're nodding their head on selfish and self-centered. They're clear the blatant outburst are not okay. But I'm talking about what goes on in your head. 
That's what the 10 steps waking us up to is watching our thoughts. I'm not responsible for my first thought, but I am responsible for every thought after that. Well, when you wake that guy up between 18 months and three years, you've given him the keys to the club, asked him to make the coffee, set up the room. Like Butch said, we teach you integrity, dignity, honor, respect. These things are crucial to teach the alcoholic right out of the gate. Important. But then the next thing you know, he's looking around about 18 months sober. He goes, by God, they're starting to take advantage of. I'm the only one who ever sets up the tables and chairs. Before you know it, man, he's got to go. And see, he doesn't realize that it's all behind this kind motive, right? I'm in constant collision with somebody or something, even though my motive is good. So then you hit another wall between three and five, five and seven, seven and 12, 12 and 15. About every three to five years, you start hitting these walls. Longer you're sober, they can spread out a little bit. But then you get to that 10-year mark. I call that the teenage years, 10 to 20. Whoo! You can't hardly tell an alcoholic squat. You sit there and you nod. You go, oh, yeah, yeah. And then you walk by and go, what a joke. That is so not true. I mean, you just watch your voice. Watch your behavior and watch the voices in your head. Oh, it's a dandy. See, it's in my DNA. I don't think too much of myself or too little of myself. All I think about is myself. That's what selfish and self-centered is trying to wake up in me. Right on page 60, it says we were at step three. It's in italics. But over on page 63, it's not in italics right before the prayer. We were now at step three. Hmm, wonder why? Well, I think, and that, yeah, of course, this is my opinion. This is my experience. This is my knowledge. I won't be here. Pass this on. People went ahead of me and gave it to me. God bless Mark Houston, man. Wow, did he wake Charlie and I up? But I wasn't all, I was in my teenage years. I was thinking, who is this guy? You know, really, we'll come to find out, man, we ended up having the privilege of having Mark Houston at our table every Thursday night at Charlie's men's meeting at the house for four years. He absolutely, I had no idea he was passing a baton on to us, nor did he. And let me tell you, we both helped each other. It was an incredible, incredible experience. But on page 60, it's in italics. Why? I think it's getting ready to explain the many different ways that self shows up. And over on page 63, right before the prayer, it's the affirmation of the decision we're making to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understand him. That's a big deal. So let's break down that third step. It says, which is that we decided to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understand him. Uh, sounds like some churchy mumbo jumbo. But so what is our will? Our will is our thoughts and our lives are our actions. So you're asking me to turn my thoughts and my actions over the care of God. I remember an early sobriety going, well, do I need to ask God to help me brush my teeth? Uh, some days, yeah. Some days it's a little difficult to get out of bed. I'll tell you, my darkest days in untreated alcoholism, darkest days between 15 and 17 years. I can hardly drive by the place I lived. It's painful. It was dark, folks. I am a homicidal gal, and I was considering suicide. Why? Because I loved Alcoholics Anonymous so much, and I couldn't be the girl that drank. I'd rather take my life. I wasn't going to do it violently with a gun. I was going to take a bunch of pills because I did want to get high on the way out. I guarantee there's someone on this Zoom that's going, Jesus, has she been reading my mail? I get it. I know that. And I had no idea I wasn't working the program. I was going to five meetings a week. We're talking about turning our will and our lives over the care of God. This is a cause and effect, cause and effect. And Bill's story said, I ruthlessly faced my sins and became willing to have my newfound friend take them away root and branch. What? 
See, it, my life is a demonstration of my inward condition. Most people do six and seven, they trim the branches off the tree. They don't get down to the root cause. They manage their emotions. And that's what's the problem. That's what I did. See, you can't fix self with self. Therein lies the trick of this. It, it's, it's not voodoo magic, but it is confusing when we have to understand that if selfishness and self-centeredness is the root of my trouble, that fourth column better darn sure show up. How do I show up with self-centeredness? Ollie and I had a beautiful exchange yesterday when I texted him to, we got real trouble. And his very first thought was not that I was without power. Forgive me, Ali. I'm going to throw myself under the bus too here in a minute. Not that we were without power, but oh my God, Katie, what? You, you can't do the talk? And my very first thought is I'm going to look terrible. Well, I got I to put my a photo up on my uh, screen. And then my second thought was, oh, I don't want to do that. I'm too darn cute. Oh, I mean, and he and I had such a laugh over that because those are our thoughts. And, and, and thank God I'm spiritually fit enough that he and I can joke about that and, and get through this, right? And you know what my sponsor said when I said, Marty, if I can't do it, can you do it? She goes, oh, like I want to get on there and go, yeah, I'm not Katie Parker. No, thank you. <laughs> yes, she would have. But you know what I mean. I mean, that's what I love. Oh, my gosh. Uh, uh. So most of us are trimming the branches off, right? We're not getting down to that root cause. You got to get down to selfishness and self-centeredness. How do I show up self-righteous? How do I show up self-pity? How do I show up with self-reliance? How do I show up with all these manifestations of self? And, uh, and then it says, just what do we mean by that? Just what do we do? Well, it spends the next two pages explaining what do we mean? And then it switches to what do we do? So on page 61, it says the first requirements that I've got to be convinced that any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. Well, I'm not, guys. Self-reliance worked for me. Remember, I leave home at 15. I, I convince the principal at school that I can continue to go to school because he catches me. Of course he did. He loved me with all his heart. It's a different day and age today. Personally, I'd like to go back to the 60s and 70s, but... Don't get me started. So then uh, I know I like that this guy worked for me. He didn't have to go into the system and make the system do that, do what it's supposed to do. Talked a woman into letting me rent a house for $62.50 a month. I mean, I knocked on doors, said, do you need any yard work done? What do you need? I had to make money. I worked at a little Volkswagen dealership selling auto parts. I talked him into that back in the days when women didn't do those jobs. You know, it, it's incredible. Where there's a will, there's a way for alcoholism. Be careful about that. So I wasn't convinced that any life based on self-will can hardly be a success. Well, over on page four, uh, 64, it says being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what caused our problems. We have to get down to causes and conditions. What do you mean being convinced? They're hoping it in those two and a half pages, they convinced us of self. So then it says we are almost always in collision with something or somebody, even though our motives are good. Now, remember, we're teaching that new guy, integrity, dignity, honor, respect. Well, after a while, people say, well, check your motives. Well, if my motives are good, how bad can that be? Oh, really bad. Yeah. Yeah. So why we have to get into 10 and 11, getting unblocked so that I can rest assured on pause when agitated or doubtful. Pause, ask, remind and say. Take that into my evening review in the 11th step. How'd I do? 
Oh, not so well today is an okay answer. Get down, get 15 minutes into that. Take that into on awakening. You see, if I don't keep a finger, my, my finger on the pulse of my thinking and watching it as if my every breath depends on it, because it does, even behind a kind motive. See, I don't know I have a kind motive uh, until you don't react the way I want you to. Here's a couple of examples. Oh, I'll let you in in traffic because, you know, I'm a giver. Oh, come, come on, come on, come on. And they let me in. They don't do this. Uh, yeah, they don't wave at me. Well, what the heck? I hold the door for somebody. They're looking on their phone. They don't even stop and say thank you. Man, I just want to trip them. Right. Here's another good one. Uh, the old the old water water bottle in the park. You know, we pick it up and kind of look at everybody like I'll throw it away. I'm a giver. And that's what we do. Right. You can call it good intentions. You know, motive is good. Whatever you want. I didn't mean to hurt anybody. Then it says we're the actor running the whole show. My favorite line is forever trying to arrange the lights, the ballet, the scenery in his own way. So I am forever trying to do this. Don't ever think you've arrived. I did. And it damn near killed me. I like to say, I think I'm the sheriff of the world. Let me tell you something. I've done enough inventory and I do a lot of inventory. In my evening review, I probably write an inventory uh, four times a month. I typically can write inventory once a month. Uh, I call my sponsor. She knows that I've written a piece of inventory because I'm, I'm only getting relief, not the freedom I know I need to get. If, I don't know about you guys, but if you're married, your significant other, I hope, is on your evening review frequently. You know why? They don't have a problem. I do. You see, we the people we love, Butch said it the best, the people we love is the ones we're going to take out. I told Charlie, I wish I made his evening review more because I can tell he's frustrated with me. So fix it because I'm okay right now. But I have to write inventory a lot on that stuff. And, and I've done enough inventory where I'm not the sheriff of the world. I know that's hard to believe. But uh, I'm not the sheriff of the world hardly anymore. One out of 20 times, I'll step up. But most of the time, I won't. Why? Because I found out I learned how to get to the high road. I didn't even know how to get to the high road. And I found out there's no jerks on the high road. It's really a lovely place. And what I found out in that inventory process is that it was not, if not me, who? Right? If somebody's not going to fix this mayhem of the world, who is? There's plenty of people that will. Right? And then it says, if everyone would do as I wish, the show would be great. Everyone, including myself, would be happy. Life would be utopia. Wonderful. So I take these motives. Let's look at a funnel. I take these motives, which are stellar, this delusion, if everyone will do as I wish. I filter my actions through it in my mind. And I'm going to get an A minus at the worst. Everybody's going to carry me out on the, uh, you know, the, the, the queen's throne. Instead, everybody's pissed off at me. And I can't figure out why. See, but when I screw up, I want to explain to you what's going on. If you screw up, I want to hold your feet to the fire. That's why we have that beautiful sick man prayer in the fourth step, right? Admitting he may be somewhat at fault, he shares others are more to blame. Now, Charlie likes to call it the blame-o-matic. That's what we are. We blame everybody for everything. We don't take responsibility for squat. That's of our nature. Says he becomes angry, indignant. Self-pity. Now, now, let's not lose sight of this, guys. When we are looking at this angry, indignant, and self-pity piece, I want to be sure that I didn't uh, uh, skip over this. I don't know where that went. <clears throat> hold on. Hold on. Remember, I've been up since 530. So he becomes angry, indignant, self-pity, right? Column two, 
angry, indignant, column three, self-pity, column four. Do you hear the inventory in that? See, I always like to say that when we're looking at uh, page 61, we live in those problems, right? It says, I'm going to have to get my book out because for some reason, this whole thing just jumped right over that part I want to talk about. And it's huge. On page 61, it says, so what usually happens, right? We have that toolkit of self-will. And the beauty of that toolkit of self-will says that he may be kind, considerate, patient, generous, modest, even self-sacrificing. See, there's the giver in it. But if he doesn't get his way, he's mean, egotistical, and selfish. It says what usually happens. The show doesn't come off very well. Oh, you bet it doesn't come off very well. He begins to think that life doesn't treat him right. Yep, that's what we do. Think about that. When was the last time you had that feeling? He decides to exert himself more. Oh, here's the toolkit of self-will. He becomes on the next occasion still more demanding or gracious, as the case may be. Still, the play doesn't suit him. Remember, we're never satisfied. So what if you do get your way? And then you look and go, oh, see, that's really one what I wanted either. Oh, admitting he may be somewhat at fault, he's sure others are more to blame. He becomes angry, indignant, and self-pity. And that's where that inventory, it's constantly trying to wake me up to that. What's his basic trouble? Is he really not a self-seeker even when trying to be kind? Wow. How about this? We like to use terminology today. I'm a people pleaser. Oh, really? Well, let's just bring in all the people you've pleased and line them up and ask them how, how much they enjoy having you in their life, right? What we are is an approval sucker. And it says, <clears throat> is he not a victim of the delusion that he can wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if he only manages well? Have you ever had heard the term, you know, would you rather be right or happy? Well, that's what it's talking about. I'm a victim, so I'm tricked or duped by my own delusion, right? And here's the trick behind this. My own delusion, the word delusion in the 1935 dictionary, it's an impression that is firmly maintained despite being contradicted by what is accepted as reality, <laughs> typically a symptom of a mental disorder. Yeah, I mean, so it's not denial, it's delusion. And the word victim means I'm tricked or duped. Then the word rest means to seize by force. It says satisfaction, right? Being right or happy. So you see, when somebody says, would you rather be right or happy? Well, I can give you the answer. I'd like to slap crap out of you. I'll give you the right answer. I really want to be right. And if happiness comes with it, well, good. But the truth of the matter is, guys, is when you say that to me, you're asking me to work the promise and hope the step comes true. See, I can't achieve that by the, the, the mere code of morals or better philosophy of life were sufficient to overcome alcoholism. You're going to have to get me through the inventory process so that I can see it from an entirely different angle and get to that, that it doesn't matter if I'm right. I just need to find that peace of mind that comes. And that's, see, and uh, management is what we do. Uh, and I like to say, I'll kill both of us, you know? And then isn't it evident to all the rest of the players that these are the things he wants and don't his actions make each of them wish to snatch and retaliate everything they can out of the show? Isn't he even in his best moments a producer of confusion rather than harmony? And let me tell you what, that is a dicey place to be because I, if I, I always like to say, I want to get, I want to get freedom, not relief. And a lot of times we go through life just getting a little bit of relief and then we get mad again. 
And this is, <laughs> this is the many different ways that self shows up, I think are very, very important. You know, uh, self-talk, I'm getting ready to walk in somewhere. I'm a bit nervous. And, and, you know, you go, come on, Katie, you can do this. Completely left God out. There was no prayers involved. I like another one called uh, story stealing to where, you know, somebody gets ready to say something and we just, all I can do is think about what I want to say. We do it in meetings all the time. They, they bring a topic. Well, I don't want to be the first one out of the gate. You know, I got to have this humility about me. And the whole time I'm, I'm waiting, you know, because I just can't wait to share because I've got something really important to say. Oh, that's a, that's a heck of a spot to be in. I suffer from that still today because I'm a know-it-all. Ah, so are you. So, you know what I mean? I mean, these are the things that we, we one of the things that we want to do is we just want to come, we got to become active listeners. This requires a tremendous amount of discipline. Very, very difficult for when somebody's talking for us to really listen and not be thinking about what we're going to say. And, and, and so you ask three questions, right? You know, so they say, here's an example. They say they're going to be going to Europe and they're just getting ready to tell you what they're going to do. So then you say, instead of saying, oh, I've been to Europe. Yeah. Oh my God. I can't wait to go back to Europe. We done did this, did that, did this and did that. And then I really don't care what you got to say because I've already satisfied myself. And the truth of the matter is, you go, where are you going in Europe? Who are you going with? How long are you staying? And by the time they get through their conversation, if I still feel it necessary that I say something, then I do. I was doing this at a conference, a workshop, Charlie and I had, I left off. I said, ask three questions. Work on being an active listener. This guy comes running up to me with a pen and paper. goes, what are the three questions? Oh, well, you big dodo. It would depend on what the person was talking about. But then my buddy Ernie said to me one time, he said, Katie, I bet you most people in AA are still wondering what those three questions are. And if you are, then you need to work on asking God to help you become an active listener. You know, this is a lot of work. We are undisciplined. You know, it says that in the book, Clear as a Bell. God disciplines us in this way he sees fit, but we must do the steps. See, I just can't see it in myself. I am blinded to self-centeredness in me, but I can see it in others. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm much better off than I've ever been, but I'm never fooled that I'm, I'm over it, right? And I like to use, in 2021, we use different terminology than they used in the big book. And God forbid, I hope we never touch the big book. Oh, leave it untouched. It's a piece of spiritual literature. Uh, step out and work a little harder to look at the words in the big book and figure out what they are today, right? So I like to say we use the term codependent, like, like everyone in AA is codependent. Well, they're in a codependent relationship. What do you mean? I was in codependency group therapy. I know what it means from a therapeutic standpoint, but for alcoholism, what are you talking about? I'm the actor running the whole show. If everyone would do as I wish, uh, manipulative and controlling, right? In the big book, it says we're a self-seeker. Expectations in today's day and age, it's ambitions in the big book. And then belief systems in today's day and age, old ideas, prejudiced, values. So be very careful that you don't use 2021 verbiage, that you correct that sponsee so they understand what we're talking about. Because if you say you're in a codependent relationship, well, I should be able to fix this thing. See, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a sneaky little disease. And I'm telling you what, the ego is trying so hard to destroy us. Fatal, fatal illness. It says that selfishness and self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our troubles. Really, do we? 
We are the first hundred that wrote the book. I'm driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity. I step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. Now think about this. That is that it, first of all, it says that selfishness and self-centeredness is the root of our troubles, but I am driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity. And it goes like this, boom, 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 boom. Then I step on the toes of my fellows and they retaliate. That is the second sentence of that whole statement there. And there's a lot going on because all of a sudden, I see where I'm upset. I All of a sudden you have scared me or made me angry. And I immediately go into this delusional mind and it sells me a storyline pretty darn quickly. I'm fast on my feet. I am a con artist. I can read a room in a minute. Boom, 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 boom. Next thing you know, I'm already into self-seeking. I got to fix this problem, man. We got a lot going on here. I have no earthly idea that I've made a decision based on self that's later going to place me in a position to be hurt. How would I know that? As a matter of fact, if you're not careful, blaming others is as far as most of us ever get. And a lot of people think in AA, I've got to forgive a lot of people. Oh, really? Whoo! You may be looking at this wrong. Now, physical abuse, child abuse, sexual abuse, absolutely. Please don't ever think I dismiss those. But that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about with your boss, with your siblings, with your neighbor. You know, if you're pissed off at your neighbor, let's look and see where you made decisions based on self that might get your neighbor not to care much for you. Okay, we are a lot coming at people. And if you're the ego turned inward, you're the quiet one, right? You're the one that wouldn't cause any problems, wouldn't say peep if you had a mouthful, you know? Well, that person, their mind is going like crazy. You don't even know they entered the room. That's how they operate. They need to learn how to find their voice. I need how to learn how to quiet my voice. See, it's very important. That's why you need to know the text. You don't have to find somebody that's exactly like you. You just have to understand what we're looking for. So then it says, so our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. My God, that's one of the greatest promises in the book. If I want to be free, the problem's got to be me. See, they arise out of ourself and the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot, comma, though he usually doesn't think so. So if you're sitting there thinking, ah, that's not me. Of course it's not. We usually don't think so. Extreme example of self-will run riot. Once we learn how to behave in public, watch this thinking mind. And it says many of us had moral and philosophical convictions galore. We couldn't live up to them no matter how much we'd like to try. Right. I, I'd much rather have to ask for forgiveness than have to forgive, because let me tell you something. I get even I keep score. I make you pay. All this goes on in my head. And it's it's very difficult. Forgiveness is a very, very hard thing to do. And it's crucial. It says neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by working or trying on our own power. Right there. You just can't go. Wow. I have been. So I heard that chick. I am selfish and self-centered. Well, thank goodness I know that. That's what we, just be less selfish. We cannot fix self with self. See, self-knowledge or awareness are important. It's important for me to see what's driving me, right? Where am I going to find out what's driving me? It's in the third column of a four-column inventory. My self-esteem, my pride, my ambition, my security, my personal relationship, my sex. Sorry. My, these are very important things for me to see that what are driving me. 
And, and so I like to ask the question, how are they driving? So in my self-esteem, how I am statement in my self-esteem, it's the value I've placed on myself. Pride, the value I've placed on what others think of me. And, and ambition, security, what God wants, what I want. Deep-seated personal relationships. See, this is very important in that third column of a four column, not just a check mark, not just a, yeah, my set's affected. I, I don't even know what the heck you're talking about, but I'm sure it is. I'm pissed. I'm scared, right? And then the many ways that I show up in that fourth column. And then here, lo and behold, let's not lose sight in the fear inventory, regardless if you see it in columns or not. I, that we, we, we can get crazy behind some of this stuff. I don't care if you see it as no columns. I don't care if you see it as two columns, three columns, four columns, but whatever spot self-reliance is, we need to know what, what you do when you get scared. Not just that you fall into self-reliance, but how? What happens to you? Do you go out and, and start a whole neighborhood watch when one house gets broken into? Or do you just have a burglar system and sit in your house? Right. We need to know these things because this is what we have to do. Work with God on these things. Otherwise, I go into self-reliance. You scare me bad enough. And that is of my nature. And then I leave God out of the whole equation. Now, right at that part of the book is where. It, oh, and then I forgot the, the conduct inventory, the sex inventory, which really is a conduct inventory. Oh, my old ideas are all over that, right? Where did I arouse jealousy, bitterness, suspicion? I mean, all over it. So these are very, very important things so that I understand clearly why I need to get this knowledge. I thought the knowledge was the answer so that I'd quit behaving like this. Oh, the knowledge, the awareness, call it whatever we want, is a stone about that big in the pathway. And let me tell you, because what we do is we start managing. That's of our nature. So the book goes into, that's the end of what do we mean? And now it goes into just what do we do? And remember, guys, this is very important because what has happened, that part of what usually happens, the show doesn't come off very well. That's where I live in a 10th step. Sponsee calls me to tell me she's mad or she's afraid or been selfish, dishonest, doesn't matter. And that's where we live. So what, what happened? Show didn't come off very well, did it? Yeah, begins to think that life doesn't treat her right. On the next occasion, still demanding, you know, more demanding or gracious. Still, the play doesn't suit me. Mm -hmm. After they tell you the whole story, play still not suiting you, isn't it? And they start to see this third step start to come alive. She got angry, indignant, self-pity. And then, you know, and if I can give her freedom by seeing where she made that decision based on self, Remember, all of a sudden, my mind, my magical mind, sees something, decides it's true, and operates out of it. So my job is to take you back to that moment in time, because it was a brief moment that you made a decision based on self. You will be shocked that most of the time you're going to be asking for forgiveness than forgiving. So that's the end of what do we mean? Now, what do we do, right? This is the how and why of it. I love it. The steps tell us how to take them, when to take them, and why to take them. I stole that from Gary Brown. <laughs> I just love that. First time I ever heard him say that, I went, oh, that is mine. I gave him credit three times. Now it's all mine. It says, first of all, we have to quit playing God, right? Why? It didn't work. I don't know about you guys, but I can play God a lot, and it does work. Don't tell anybody. So here's the deal. When I say I write a lot of inventory, 
I know, I know I'm a con artist. I, I will fool myself. I'd love to tell you I'm not a con artist today. Oh, my thinking. I still drive by a bicycle that's not locked. And I think oh, I could steal that. I mean, wowza. Now, what's important is if my mind gets negative on every first thought, I am much farther drifted out to sea than I should be. But I can tell you something. I've done so much work that I see that very first thought and I dismiss it. God, I'm not willing to believe that delusional lie. My life is great today. I can't wait to see the people you've got for me to meet. And then I stay awake and aware and watch, 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 watch and turn. It's a beautiful, beautiful gift. So that says playing God didn't work right over on page 88. It says that it does work, right? That, that, that this program really does work. So what's that trying to tell me? It's trying to tell me, check this out. You're not going to believe this. It's 24 pages between where it says we had to quit playing God. It didn't work to where this does work. It's 24 pages of action. We will run from, we will hide. We'll get into more service. We'll sponsor more people. We will get a, a bigger job, uh, bring another kid into this. one. We will do so much to avoid the actual action part of this program. How do I know that? I did it. And let me tell you something, when that tsunami comes, your foundation better be solid. And it says, um, it didn't work, you know, that's me needing to know everything. And all of a sudden now I have surrendered and I didn't just surrender because of the knowledge of that. I swallowed and digested large chunks of truth about myself. I'm telling you something, Charlie and I shoot shotguns competitively. And we've been doing it for about 10 years. And I've been an athlete all my life. I was in the fitness business for 30 years. And I'm good at what I do. Okay. I'm good at what I do. Some people go, well, where's your humility? That is it. God has given me an incredible gift. I love it. I like who I am. I, I hope you do. That's important. Right? Now, now, is it is it a too big of an ego? I don't know what you want to call it. But I, I like who I am. I like how I look. I like how I feel. And I keep an eye out for who can I help? I mean, these are great gifts. And, and, you know, Butch told that story of that little girl. You know, we can be so proud of her, but some people can't be proud of themselves. I hope you are proud of yourself. We've done a lot of work. So while I'm out there writing this inventory in this shooting community, because why? Because I'm not getting good. What the heck? And I've been doing this thing for 10 years. And let me tell you something. This gets really emotional for me because this sport, God never stops working with us, right? I've, I've healed my family. I've done all the, the big stuff that you need to do. I, I damaged my family so badly in untreated alcoholism. 17 years, I come back at 20 years sober asking for forgiveness for being such a pain in the neck. I get into this sport 10 years ago. Like I said, I'm good. I pick up stuff. I'm an athlete. I can do this. All the things I did athletically were physically. I've never entered into a mental sport. And I enter into a mental sport. Well, God dang, I cheated my way through school. I got dyslexia. I can't, I get disjointed, whatever. And I cannot make sense of what they're doing. I'm a visual learner and I'm not succeeding. And I'm writing inventory like crazy on this, on everything. One from a, another girl out there shooting better than me to all of this stuff. And God has used every morsel of these 10 years to bring me to a different place. And I didn't know that was possible. I didn't even know I needed to be brought to a different place. But this humility behind not succeeding in this sport just damn near killed me. I mean, 
and it's typically with all men. I've been a tomboy all my life. I know how to run with boys. And, uh, you know, I'm dead ass last, dead ass last. Dead. I'm, what the heck? I go out to practice. I do really well. I go into a competition. I'm last in everything. And I got to tell you guys, don't ever think something's too small for inventory. In AA, we have, we have what we call high-end problems. Well, sure, you don't go to your meeting and raise your hand and say, you know, the pool boy put too much chlorine in my pool and I'm pissed. But you do call your sponsor. Do the work behind that. Are you getting so full of yourself that the little guy doesn't matter anymore? You know what I mean? These are all God's kids. And I got to tell you, God, I have written, I can't even begin to tell you how much inventory on this shooting sport. And I have earned every trophy has been a big deal to me. Everything I've done to succeed at this has been a big deal. Why? Because God showed me about a hundred other things about Katie that I would never have even been aware of. He healed the father-daughter relationship. It's just been unbelievable. But don't ever think that God can't do these things for you, right? It says next we decided, here's the decision, right? The prayer is beautiful. Relieve me of the bondage of self. Most people would have quit the sport. It would say, forget it, man. If I can't be the best, I don't want to do it at all. And all I've done is just worked harder and harder and harder at this sport, wrote inventory after inventory after inventory. And I'm so proud of the people I've met, the humility I have shown and swallowing and digesting that level of pride. Woo, that ain't for sissies, folks, let me tell you. Says God's going to be our director. Oh my God, it got me so much closer to God. It got me closer to God than me losing Joe. Joe was absolutely gone. I was not going to have that back. It was tremendous grief, tremendous pain, but I didn't work harder to understand God, and I wasn't even mad at God. I understood that alcoholism was fatal, right? It's an absolute fatal illness. Don't fool yourself. You'll wish you were dead long before the time you actually are. But the pain of that, and God used this shooting sport because it affected me on in every fiber of my being. And God, I just love it. I just, I'm so grateful for that. It says he's the principal, we are his agents. What does that mean? If he's the director, remember, I'm the actor running the whole show. So he's the director. He's going to direct how Katie makes it through this shooting sport. He is the principal. I'm his agent. The word agent in the 1935 dictionary means to empower you to act on his behalf. Oh, some people don't like that. Too bad. Man, I'm telling you what, I am the vessel to help you get connected to the power. I've got a level of, of uh, confidence that I know what I'm talking about. But if I doubt myself in something that someone else said about the big book, I call my friends that have walked this path more than me. I want to be doggone sure that what I'm saying is accurate. I don't want to stand behind this, I'm right, you're wrong, kiss my foot. Oh my God, that kind of stuff will kill me. See, today I do have that message of depth and weight. Why? Because I stay current in this work. Mark used to say, I want to die being current in this work. And let me tell you, he was at our home the night before he passed away. And Charlie will tell you, he didn't think he was going to be dying the next day. But I love that. I used to hear him say that a lot. And I think, what is he talking about? And I get it today. I get what he's talking about. And it says, when we sincerely took such a position, what position? That we're going to quit playing God, right? 
all sorts of remarkable things followed. Well, this four step is a consideration of how self shows up. At the very end of the third step, it says, though our decision was a vital and crucial step, it could have little or permanent effect unless at once, followed by a strenuous effort to face and be rid of the things in ourselves which had been blocking us. Our liquor was but a symptom. What? I thought it was a problem. I was working a program based on the abstinence of alcohol. So we have to get down to causes and conditions. So this third step is a matter of understanding. That's it. And then you must immediately get into that fourth step. But I think what people get so afraid of, and I know, uh, Ali, I'm running, running tight on my time. I'm keeping an eye on it, is they think that they have to do this big, big heavy-duty house cleaning every time they write inventory. You can write inventory on a paper napkin. It can take you seven minutes. I mean, just write it and call somebody. Write it, read it, call, read it, get somebody to get a different set of eyes on it. You got to have that, man. It is so, so crucial. And remember on page 46, it says, God does not make too hard of terms <clears throat> for those who seek him, right? What are the terms? Remember, we have a new employer <clears throat> being all powerful. He provided what we needed if we keep close to him and perform his work well. In order to keep close to him, I got to get close to him. In order to get close to him, I got to get unblocked. And then take care of God's kids. His drunks, first and foremost, folks, <clears throat> a more important demonstration lies in our families. Don't get me wrong. I'm with you on that. But you've got to take care of God's kids. The 12th step is not optional. If you're not sponsoring, get out there. God will use that to teach you. <clears throat> oh, now, now my voice. It's been a hell of a little winter here. Let me tell you, bringing back the word hell. Uh, so there's the terms of the deal. Everything comes back to this third step understanding, right? As we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind. Mark used to say, turn statements into questions. Ask yourself, are you at having peace of mind? These are some very challenging times. Don't fool yourself. You know, I'm wrapped a little tight, right? I'm out on the hike and bike trail and I'm wrapped tight. I'm clear that this is a gift this uh, where I've gotten that I'm no longer the sheriff of the world, but I had no idea this would last this long. I'm missing seeing people smile. I'm missing hugging at the meetings. I'm missing seeing my peeps, right? Zoom ain't doing it. It's great, but it ain't doing it. This guy drives by me real fast on his bicycle. And my first thought is I will throw punch that kid if he comes back by. Oh, wow. Wow, God, I am wrapped tight. What are the things in our lives that rob us of our peace of mind? Binge watching Netflix, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Candy Crush. Oh my God. What if we, what if we turned to God every time we looked at our phone? I'm saying this to myself too. Oh, don't think I'm standing on this spiritual high ground. I'll tell you what though. I don't really watch TV. I don't watch binge watch Netflix. If I do get into a series, I'll watch it two or three of them. And then I just, whatever. But the truth of the matter is, is be very careful what you put in your mind, because it says, as we discovered, we could face life successfully, turn those statements into questions. Are you, are you doing it successfully? As we became conscious of his presence, we began to lose our fear, began to lose, not get rid of our fear of today, tomorrow, and the hereafter. Dying. Are you scared to death of dying? These are some good questions. We were reborn. 
spiritual growth comes like maturity. What I knew at 20 as opposed to in my 60s, I'm going to be 63 next month. I, I love getting older. I hope you can embrace getting older. My God, you are right now. You're older than you were five minutes ago, right? Now, granted, I give it I, the hair, the skin, the eyes. Okay, th th those, those are a problem. But the truth of the matter is, is I'd never give up what I got here. I mean, what I got here, but why? Because what I knew at 20, I was bulletproof. What I know at 60, I'm clearly facing mortality. That will make you look at life entirely different. That starts around your 40s, but you still don't have it in your 40s. But you have to learn these things through growth. What pain is the touchstone of growth? What used to work at three years won't work at five years. If just saying the serenity prayer is sufficient for you, <laughs> good luck. That won't touch me when you scare me, right? That's what I'm talking about. In Bill's story, it says, my friend promised that when these things were done, I would enter upon a new relationship with my creator. I love that terminology. Myers used it a lot. So the God of your understanding probably will grow. I'm being generous there with the word probably. That I would have the elements of a way of living, these steps that would answer all my problems. We don't need to go out there and manage our gambling, manage our sex, manage our weight. God will actually do all of these. Those other 12-step programs are for the non-alcoholic. A trustee told me that one time. Why do we have so many 12-step fellowships? He said, so that we keep them out of our AA. Interesting. And if that bothered you, look at it. Says in working with others, if we bothered you about your alcoholism, this is all to the good. That disturbance will get you to either pit allies and you be right or look a little bit deeper. Belief in the power of God plus enough willingness, honesty, and humility to establish and maintain the new order of things were the essentials requirements. Oh, simple but not easy. A price had to be paid. It meant the destruction of self-centeredness. Um, destruction, let me tell you, on a daily basis, not one and done, not take out the garbage. Woo, thank God that problem's over. The ego will rebuild it in millions of different ways. The ego's job is to kill us one piece at a time. And <clears throat> I must turn in all things to the father of light who presides over me. See, praying for God's will is it's easy. Accepting God's will is not. I'm here talking to middle management. I'm talking to the people with three, five, 10, 15, 20, 40 years sober. I'm trying to wake them up. It's exactly what the Raymer boy said. It's exactly what Mickey said. We got to bring this big book back in. It's exactly what Butch was talking about. This big book is a gift. If you don't know it well, tune into our PPG meeting. We're, you're, we started over, man. Make a commitment. It'll probably take us two years to get through it. I think two years of your life is worth it, right? The new guy, there's a lot of message for the new guy. He's the blood of Alcoholics Anonymous. But middle management, the guy with some time, he's the oxygen. The oxygen cannot survive. The blood cannot survive without the oxygen. If you're not in the book, please get in the book. And if you are, I'll see you on the firing lines. Thanks again for having me.